comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no smartphones, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. And welcome to episode number 70 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. That's right, no joke bleeps this time. It's episode 70. I'm Jordan from Jersey, a.k.a. Dr. Esquire, joined tonight by Brad Milo, Jim Dietz, and Johnny M. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Awesome. Getting ready for the new season. I am doing well, but I'm also very sad because I'm a Dish customer. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Dun, 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 dun. Well, you're set for the premiere, at least. They will yeah, have that streaming live. I may have to uh, crash the neighbor's house. It's a plan. Well, tonight is our Season 3 preview show. We're going to be talking about the webisodes. We're going to be talking about some action figures they released and some other stuff. But before we get to that, John, who is our sponsor this episode and every episode? As always, DCBService.com. Get all of your comic book-related needs at uh, DCB Service. You can get as much as 30 40 50% off by, uh, by pre-ordering your books. They also have tons of other uh, comic book and, and pop culture-related items like mugs and T-shirts and hoodies and uh, all sorts of things like that. Shot glasses, lighters, you name it. If it's got a comic book or a pop culture emblem on it, you could probably get it at DCBS. I'm looking at the Walking Dead section right now. For October, they have Omnibus Hardcover Volume 4. Uh, your price is 60 bucks at DCB Service. I believe the cover price on those is like 90 or so. Uh, so that's a good deal right there. If you have never used DCB service or you have not ordered in the last year, you could put in the code WD8 and save another 8% off on your order. That will probably bring your savings to somewhere around 50% off, which you can't beat. Uh, some other cool things. They have some Michonne hoodies up right now that look very cool. There's uh, Stay in the House Carl shirts which I find very interesting and funny. <laughs> that's awesome. If some pictures of Carl with his sheriff's hat on, and it says, stay in the house, Carl, that's great. Uh, they have a bunch of the hardcovers that can be reordered, again, if you missed them the first time around. Uh, they have these pop vinyl figures. I don't know if you guys have seen these. They kind of look like Mighty Mugs or like in the Mini Mate vein. Um they have a, they're a pretty cool cartoon version of some characters in The Walking Dead. And they have the Bicycle Girl, which is really cool. Daryl Dixon, which I'm sure will be a popular item. And, of course, Rick. Uh, they have the RV Zombie, and he has a little screwdriver sticking out of his eye socket. So those are pretty cool. And, uh, like I said, 
pop in the code WD8, and you'll save even more. So DCBService.com, we thank them, as always, for their sponsorship. Very cool. And while this episode is brought to you by DCBService.com, the article image, which I know is a very specific thing, is brought to you by Undead Mousy. If you go over to WalkingDeadTV.com and click on the article for episode 70, the episode you're listening to right now, uh, you'll see a very cool image that the folks over at Undead Mousy made for us. It's a severed zombie hand. Uh, missing its ring finger and clutched in the zombie's hand is an iPhone that is playing uh, a Walking Dead TV podcast on it. So we thought that was really cool. You can check them out at facebook.com slash undeadmousey, M-O-U-S-E-Y-F-X. Or follow them on Twitter at undeadmousey, same way, M-O-U-S-E-Y. So uh, thank you guys for making that for us. We thought it was really awesome, and we wanted to give you a nice little shout-out. Shall we go on to the news, fellas? I have two quick things, Jordan, that I know we just went over our uh, agenda, and I did not mention them, but uh, I just want to go over them real quickly. This is why we cannot have nice things. (laughs) uh, We did a little Twitter campaign for anybody that follows us on Twitter. I've been bugging everybody that we wanted to reach 3,000 followers for for Season 3, and we did that. So I wanted to thank everybody. Uh, We were joking around a little bit. We know many of our followers are actually humans and aren't trying to sell us Viagra or other uh, enhancement products, but, uh, we do want to thank everybody that retweeted and, and mentioned us and did the follow Fridays and got us past 3000 for season three. And, uh, if anybody else wants to jump on board with the Twitter, it's, it's pretty cool. We do a lot of our contests and things through that. It's, uh, at WD TV podcast. So we'd like to, uh, thank everybody once again. The other quick thing I wanted to mention is, uh, Stitcher is an app for, I guess iPhones and droids alike. Stitcher is a podcast aggregator. It kind of, you know, you can put in all your feeds into it and it brings them into one place to listen to on your device of choice. And they are having podcast awards. Uh, you can nominate the Walking Dead TV podcast if you'd like to in the TV and film category. And I believe there's also some other categories that we might fall into, um, like home decoration and design. Yeah, Isn't maybe there an not awesome so host much category. Yeah, awesomest hosts. Uh, there's greatest podcasts on the planet. I think you guys get the idea. We're predominantly would be in the TV and film category, but there are some other categories like best show ever and things like that that you might be able to nominate us for. Um, so if you would like to do that, that would be fantastic. You can go to Stitcher.com, I believe, is the website, or you can go to our Facebook group and find the link, and uh, that'd be cool. So thank you. Oh, and hey, before I forget, one thing I should probably mention about Undead Mousy, they make really cool uh, makeup and prosthetics and props of zombies and other horror elements. Uh, they do, like, different zombie walks and things, but they, they have a lot of really cool prosthetic and makeup effects on their on their uh, Facebook page, so uh, check that out. All right, so our first bit of news tonight is new action figures from McFarland Toys. Uh, this will be the third series uh, for the show. This, so this is a TV series. Third. They've also done um, comic book inspired ones. So I guess we are going to tread lightly in our descriptions of these characters because they are things from season three, which uh, I don't know if you're aware, guys, hasn't been released yet. But we have a Michonne figure as well as her two uh, armless, jawless zombie companions, which also come with some of her gear and supplies. Uh, we have a Merle action figure. 
uh, who looks pretty darn cool, comes with uh, some accessories there. And we also have another zombie figure who uh, looks a lot like the one who was crossing the road at the end of Season 2 in the, in the episode uh, 18 Miles Out. I uh, don't know for sure. It's called, uh, in quotes, Autopsy Zombie. I uh, don't know exactly what that means. He doesn't look like he's had an autopsy, but he does look familiar. And uh, there's also a really cool black-and-white blood-splattered variant set that has Mashan and her two zombie companions. So uh, all those look pretty cool and will be coming out from uh, McFarland Toys soon for uh, 15 bucks a piece uh, is the MSRP. Now, the two zombie friends of Michonne, I guess they're a separate package from her? I think they're a separate pack from her, so that would be three separate packs. But I think the black and white blood splattered variants are a three pack. Cool. And the last, the first season set was released a few weeks early at New York Comic Con. I'm expecting the second season set to be released this year at New York Comic Con, and that's the... Uh, Stewie, the well zombie, and I believe there's another Rick version in that set, and a couple of zombies, uh, maybe one other. But yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm looking on the website, and it looks like uh, the, the, the black and white ones are a three-pack. And that original set that came out is pretty hard to come by now. Uh, they they were they were around a lot when they were released, but now I know like people are clamoring to try to get that Daryl figure and stuff like that. So if you can grab these as they come out, I would do it. And I know everybody's going to want their Merle and Daryls next to each other on the shelf. Brad, what do you have? The Buster, the Walking Buster? Is that the one you have? Yeah, I actually have Daryl standing behind Buster, holding his uh, his crossbow at, aimed at Buster's head. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's pretty cool. The, the armless zombie companions come with detachable arms and detachable jaws. I, I like that feature. And all of them seem to have... I mean, I haven't had too much contact with the first couple sets, but all of these look like they have more articulation than those ones did. Yeah, and we know McFarlane, I mean, usually does some pretty good quality stuff, and they have cool accessories and things like that, so usually the quality is very high. I wonder if the autopsy zombie has pieces that come out of his, uh, like, guts. Possibly. Like maybe you can remove his liver or his uh, stomach or something. Like <laughs> you can play a very small game of operation. <laughs> yeah. Would the autopsy zombie be the one that Daryl cut open to try to find? Are these season three specific? They're called season three specific, but he looks like the one who crossed the road in um, 18 Miles Out. Jordan, like are they lot. season three or are they series There's, three? I'm looking at them now. They're series three. They are Series 3, but all the things that show up are things that are going to be in Season 3. Yeah, that's true. I'm just thinking about the one zombie that Daryl cut open, Daryl and Rick, when they were looking for evidence that perhaps maybe it ate Sophia. Right. I wonder if that's what they're considering the autopsy zombie. But didn't they release one of those in Series 3, or Series 2? I don't remember. This this does look like the, the zombie that we talked about going in both directions. Uh, and 18 miles out with the the coat and the long hair. Uh, it definitely looks like that zombie to me anyway. But I'm looking at the Series 2. Deputy Rick Grimes, Shane Walsh, Bicycle Girl, Well Zombie, RV Zombie. So maybe it was just uh, like well, a... Well, Bicycle Girl happened scene. in Season 1, right? And that's Series 2. So I guess they're kind of messing... Yeah, I guess they're playing a little little loose with the, uh, with the phraseology there. But they definitely look cool. You can pre-order them now. Uh, check those out from McFarland Toys. John, why don't you talk a little bit about The Walking Dead at New York Comic Con this year? Sure. Full force this year, the A-Squad. 
We're finally getting Andrew Lincoln. We have uh, David Marcy, who is the governor. Uh, we have Denai Guerrera, who is the Michonne. So that's cool. We're getting Merle and Daryl. I don't think we're getting Sarah Wayne Callies this year. We usually get Carl. Uh, I'm just happy to be getting Andrew Lincoln and both Dixons and uh, the new actors. We usually get hey John, a bit of yes. Are you practicing your ninja moves? I well, here's the deal. They're they're not clearing out the hall between panels. They did it two years ago. They didn't do it last year. They've confirmed that they're not doing it again. So now the ninja trick is uh, as the earlier panels clear out in terms of people that just feel like leaving, I have to jump in their seats ahead. So there will definitely be some uh, ninja tactics. Last year we had magic wristbands that let us sit all the way up in the front and we got really cool video and really cool pictures and autographed stuff and, and everything. This year we're, we're shooting for the audio again. We hope to be able to bring the panel to everybody that wasn't able to be at New York Comic Con. Uh, but that's probably all that I can promise at this point. It gets crazier every year. I mean, that's the bottom line. The show's getting more and more popular and it's going to be bananas. Uh, they're also doing an autograph signing for free for the first 50 people online. So I can't even imagine when people are going to start lining up Saturday morning to get their tickets. I think it happens at 9 a.m. So I can imagine people being there all night, you know, to be the first 50 and get their stuff autographed by the entire cast. Uh, I definitely will not be involved in that. But uh, you've been there and done that, though. You've already done that. Yeah, I've, I've pretty much. Well, I got lucky with the autographs. Like I said, we were just up front and we were able to get stuff signed because they hung around and signed after the panel, which was really cool. Um, this year, like I said, I'll definitely be at the panel. We'll definitely have the audio up at some point. You'll probably hear Brad and I at like 630 on a Sunday morning recording the intro for the audio for the panel, which we've done a few times now. and. Um, you know, I'll be at New York Comic Con, so if anybody wants to, you know, say hi on Twitter or, or whatever and say, hey, I'm online for the panel, and you know, come say hello, that'd be cool. And uh, it should be very cool. I know Kirkman's signing a bunch of times, and he's got some different events going on, so there should be lots and lots of Walking Dead at New York Comic Con again. It's kind of the the con for Walking Dead, because it's always days before the premiere of the season. Yeah, it's got uh, good timing there. Yeah, you know, the, the Sunday this year is the day that the show is premiering. So it, it's pretty much like Walking Dead Central at New York Comic Con. So it should be fun. Right on. Well, since you're already talking, John, why don't we stay with you while you tell us about a few pictureless books I hear they're coming out with. We have uh, a release coming out next week, The Walking Dead Road to Woodbury. This is the sequel to The Rise of the Governor. Uh, it's written by Robert Kirkman and Jay Bonanzinga, same authors of the first book. I know the first book was very popular. I read it. I thought it was done very well. Uh, this book takes a little bit of a different angle. It's not from the perspective of the governor and his party. It's from the perspective of a of a young lady named Lily, and her her group has to decide whether they're going to stay in Woodbury and, you know, that would make them fall under the rule of this governor who's supposed to be such a great guy, and we all know how that turns out. It's on sale the 16th of October. Uh, there's a hardcover for it right now. There's an e-book, and there's an audio book available. 
I read the uh, the first book, and I'm really excited to check out the the sequel. I really enjoyed The Rise of the Governor. Yeah, I was really expecting them to continue from where they left off, but it looks like they're taking a totally different angle with this one. I don't know if there's a time jump. I haven't read it yet. I'm wondering if it's a few years, possibly, after the first book, putting the governor more into power at the start of this one. Well, it can't be years, right? Because it's only a couple yeah, months right. after the zombie apocalypse. Right. I guess you're right. Some, you know, I guess at some point in the future where Woodbury is kind of settled in and, and you know, new people are starting to decide whether they're going to stay there and stuff. But uh, point being... I have an early copy of the hardcover in my hands, which we are going to give away to a lucky listener of the show. Uh, what we're going to do is, in the coming days, I am going to play Caption This Picture on our Facebook page. So if you're not, uh, if you haven't liked the Facebook page yet, go to Facebook, search Walking Dead TV Podcast. The page will pop right up. Like it, and then you'll be able to access the contest. Uh, I have a pretty funny picture, I think, from the premiere party, and we're going to ask you guys to caption it, and I'll give it a week or so, and uh, the best caption will get a copy of The Walking Dead Road to Woodbury. Knowing that the book takes a different point of view from the first one makes me more interested in reading it. I was a bit disappointed with the first book, probably because of the big twist they threw in at the end. I was totally caught off guard with it. I get it, I understand, but I don't know, it just kind of, it didn't sit well with me. But knowing that this is not from his point of view anymore makes it something I would really be interested in, in learning, uh, reading. Because I am interested in learning more about him, uh, but for some reason the first book left me a little cold. But uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I think the I think doing that in the first book was kind of necessary only because... We know where it's heading. You know what I mean? Like, No, I, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Right. Like, they can't sell to us that the governor is going to be A because we know he's going to be B. Notice I'm trying not to spoil, but I think everybody could probably get the idea. So right, I, I think it. that twist was needed to maybe just keep the people who know the governor guessing a little bit. That You're probably exactly right, and I should have seen it coming. Maybe I'm miffed about it because I didn't, you know? Yeah. But I am looking forward to book number two. Yeah, I think it should be interesting taking the point of view of a of a group of survivors that have to decide, you know, is this a good idea or not? And, you know, how that ends up for them. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a trilogy that they're planning. Um, That's what I always heard. Yeah. So so maybe for the beginning of, of next season, we'll have a third book out. But uh, good stuff. I mean, Robert Kirkman's really involved with it. And, you know, I think Jay Bonacinca does a good job. Even if you had some criticisms of the first book, which many of us did, it still feels like it belongs in the Walking Dead universe. You know, it, it didn't feel like a stretch or anything that was out of place, in, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, no, it definitely fit in with the universe. And... I I just got to, thinking about the book and, and the upcoming season, I just have to say again, people, for those of you that aren't familiar with the governor because you haven't read the comics, God, I envy you because you are in store for such a treat this season. Because this guy, if I was to put a, a list together of like all-time villains, you know, probably number one on my list would be Darth Vader, right? Ah, 
Governor might be right there at number two. I mean, this guy is downright crazy, and you are in for a roller coaster ride. I'm telling you, it's just, it's going to be fun. What was the other book you'd like to tell us about, John? St. Martin's Press also sent me a copy of The Brain Eater's Bible by Pat Kilbane. This is, if, if anybody's familiar with Max Brooks' uh, Zombie Survival Guide, have you guys seen that or, or read it by any chance? You better believe you it. You have to. It's required reading in most of the schools now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So where the Zombie Survival Guide would be exactly that, you know, a, a guide for people to survive the zombie apocalypse, this is the Brain Eater's Bible. This is the guide for the zombie to... I guess, you know, uh, do well in the zombie apocalypse, how to get at humans, you know, uh, different techniques you can use for eating them, you know, cookbook recipes. It's really fun. It's a little hardcover book. It's got a bunch of diagrams and photographs of different gruesome things and weapons, and it's kind of written in like a journal format. Uh, They explain how, you know, the zombie who claims to be the writer of this book uh, is smarter than all the other zombies, so he's able to get his thoughts down on paper and stuff. It's just a lot of fun. It's It's got some good humor in it and uh, some really nice art and stuff. Perfect little gift, like, for Halloween if you have a, you know, maybe young family member or something that you'd like to get a little present for for Halloween. Uh, nothing too violent or scary, kind of like lighthearted stuff, and, and definitely a lot of fun. I've been, I've been looking through it and, and getting a laugh out of it. So we're going to also give a copy of this book, out to a listener. I'm going to make this really simple. The first person who tweets at WDTV podcast, hashtag give me the book. The first person that does that, I will private message back on Twitter, get your address, and we will send you a copy of the Brain Eaters Bible. It's out October 2nd, so it's out now. It's a 1699 hardcover book from St. Martin's Press. You can get it at Amazon and all those great places. And uh, we're happy to give somebody a copy. Hey, can you guys hold on real quick while I send a tweet? I just need to send a tweet real quick. Already did. Yeah, no problem. Already sent it. Oh, dang it. Book the book is mine. <laughs> Hashtag preemptive tweet. Once, you see, once again, you see Dr. Mala. There's nothing you can obtain that I cannot acquire. I will unfollow all of you. <laughs> Can we talk about the webisodes now, please? Well, since it's our last bit of news, uh, Ugh. sure, why not? Yeah, uh, back onto the Walking Dead specific train, we got four new webisodes for season three. Uh, I don't know if they're considered season 2.5 or however you want to call them, but they're called Cold Storage. And, uh, well, let's talk right about them. I think they were way better than last year's. Uh, the acting was much better, and I don't just say that because they had a little artst on them. Um, artst! <laughs> it, arts, you got some arts on you. Yeah, but uh, they were just really fun. I, I really enjoyed it. There were some twists I didn't see coming, and um, aside from maybe a slightly abrupt ending, which I don't even think was that abrupt, but it was maybe just a little bit more abrupt than I'd like, I, I really enjoyed them. What would you guys think? I, I thought they were great. I mean, I, I enjoyed the first ones, I guess, because we were so excited about the brand new show and stuff. But these, I think Greg Nicotero finally knows what he's doing not that he didn't but i think he understands the show now and i think he understands the pacing and the the suspense and uh, he did a fantastic job with all these the special effects were just as good as they are in the in the regular show 
and uh, it's uh, it was very well done. Lots of cool, um, lots of cool uh, editing techniques. You know, storytelling via um, video monitors and security cameras and things like that. I really, really enjoyed them. Yeah, I totally agree. I loved the video surveillance stuff because you know it allowed them to have the zombie tension and the high number of zombies without having to worry about the quality of the effects so much you know because the monitors are lower you know they're small screens and they're they have a little bit of a grain and they're black and white and so they could get away with maybe lesser looking zombies which i'm sure that's a bit of a problem in the webisodes i mean you can't spend a ton of effects money i wouldn't think uh so finding cool ways to show zombies without showing them up close maybe or getting a good look at the effects is probably a, a key. And I think they pulled it off really well. And I, I loved um, the acting I thought was a lot better than the first set of webisodes. With the exception of maybe the girl, I'm not sure. I, I didn't absolutely love what she was doing, but it wasn't nearly as bad as last year, that's for sure. Yeah, but that was kind of – the whole thing with the girl was kind of creepy and something I didn't see coming either. The one thing that put me off a little bit – the main character, I guess his name is Chase? Yeah, Chase. He looked a lot like Rick. Did you guys think that? Like, I don't know, I was I watched a lot of it on my iPad, so maybe it was a little bit of a smaller screen and everything, but he had like the half beard and the same haircut and stuff. He almost looked like a Rick stunt double to me. I, I wonder if that's see, who it was. <laughs> I can see that. Um I didn't think that, but you know, thinking about it now, I can I can see the comparison. It distracted me a little bit a few times. Um, I, is it is it that or is it more that he's a his face is familiar? I mean, I've seen him before in stuff. I don't know that I have. To me, okay. it's just like he was wearing a similar shirt. Uh, he had the short dark hair and the half kind of beard and stuff. He just he just looked similar to me. Um, what did you guys think about how they connected to the TV show? Did you think that was forced? That it was rick's locker that they went through or or do you like that in the webisodes i loved that i thought that was brilliant move it just it just makes it feel like it's important you know the first set of webisodes while it was a character that was in the first episode the bicycle girl they didn't feel important i didn't really give a crap about her origin and Consequently, didn't really care, you know, tremendously. I mean, they were okay and neat and stuff, but I didn't, you know, once I got, I never watched those first webisodes again, but these I've watched a couple of times because it just felt important. It felt like it was in the same world, that it really mattered for some reason. I Maybe it's just the because of the overall quality of the whole thing, but I liked the connection that they made. I thought it was cool. I enjoyed the webisodes as well. I thought they were pretty well done. I, I definitely think they were a step up from last seasons. And I, I liked the thing with the, the locker. I thought it was a good way to tie it into the main ser series and kind of not establish continuity so much, but just kind of, you know, place them in the same world. Uh, if this guy looks familiar, you might have seen him on Third Watch. He was on that show uh, for a long okay. time. He was also on... Um, he was in The Dark Knight Rises as well. He played a guy named Barsad. I'm not sure which character that was. Oh, of course. He was one of uh he was one of Bane's um henchmen. Yeah, he's the one that went out to meet the uh the black police sergeant uh, uh from uh from Rescue Me. Yeah, and he 
he said, you know, if, if one person uh, crosses this bridge, you know, we'll blow it or whatever he said. But yeah, he was like Bane's right hand man. I knew I'd seen that guy. Before. And then Daniel Roebuck, uh, the um, in this was of course you guys probably recognize him from Lost. Doctor Arts, Leslie Arts. He didn't last very long on Lost, <laughs> <laughs> but he had a, a his his short amount of screen time was so memorable that they brought him back, what, three, four different times in flashbacks? Um, And they were always great. Did you guys, without spoiling it for those that haven't seen these new webisodes, did you guys like the way they connected the first and the last episodes? Webisodes, I guess? Uh, You mean in terms of a certain person? Yes. Um, It didn't bother me. I thought it was kind of, um, I don't want to say expected, but it made sense. I didn't expect it, and I guess that's why it, it tickled me. I liked it. I'm a simple guy. I, I, I'm very easily pleased. <laughs> it's true. What What did you think of the very ending? If you're talking about the item on the table... Yes. Um, That was probably my least favorite effect. Let's, I'll put it that way. Yeah, it was a little shaky. One of our listeners on the, the Facebook page, Mike Jones, he said uh, he had two small problems with the with the webisodes, but he doesn't mention there because he didn't want to spoil it in case we cover it on the show. But he gives the webisodes 3.75 lost cameos out of five. So thank you, Mike. What? How would you guys rate this? What do you think? As far as webisodes go, I give them a four out of five. I wasn't, I can't, I don't think we can ask for any more. I give them a four and a half out of five. I was really impressed by them, especially as we said, you know, considering they have pretty much no budget uh, for effects or anything else, and uh, you know the, the caliber of actors that they had in this, I thought was much better than the last. And uh, so I give it a four and a half. I, I really enjoyed them. I think, as a whole, these this mini episode was better than any of the first half of season two. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, the one with Otis. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I really think it was better than anything before 18 Miles Out. So how many reverse or, flashes? Uh, or uh, before the uh, the Barn episode. How many what? How many reverse flashes? How many reverse flashes? That's a callback. Uh, I'll give him four. I'll give him four. All right, I'll give it a 4.5 as well. So we got two fours, two four and a halves. Uh, but I'd say a success around the board there. Yeah, definitely. All right, Johnny, since you're the one holding the clipboard, what is our schedule going to be this season? Well... We are pretty much returning back to the norm, uh, starting with this episode. The norm being Walking Dead airs on Sunday, we record on Monday, we post the show on Tuesday. Uh, one change that's possible this season is, I think in the past we were pretty early on Tuesday mornings with our releases. Uh, we might have to go later in the day, we're, we're still shooting for Tuesday, but we just I don't think we want to guarantee at this point what time during the day or night on Tuesday that they'll be released. Uh, but we are returning back to our regular schedule. We'll be taking care of uh, voicemails and reading iTunes reviews and getting back to that all that good stuff and talking about, of course, each episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, and we look forward to having all our current listeners back and, uh, you know, saying hello to a bunch of new listeners. Should be a big season and a lot of fun. Absolutely. So if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or an email, you can check out all of our contact information at walkingdeadtv.com and check out all of our other great podcasts at hhwlod.com. 
And so until there's no more room left in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, you got smart stuff, you. Have a good week, everybody. See you next week. Do you know what episode this is? 70. 53? Wow, we're still using the 53 thread. Oh, season 3. Never mind. This is episode 70. Alrighty. That's right. Cause S's last... and 5's look a lot alike, don't they, Jay? Yes, they do. Last episode was 69! You're so childish. Oh, it was funnier when we did it on the episode. I don't know if you guys listened to it, but... You weenus. <laughs> I'll masticate your weenus. Um, anyway. Jeez. <laughs> You've never heard that before? Masticate doesn't that mean eat? Chew. chew. I'll chew on his elbow. Oh, let me let me let me rephrase that then. Jesus. What are they teaching? Weenus is your elbow. It's it's the flap of skin on the end of your elbow. Is that a real word? But yeah, W E N I S. Oh wait, can I tell you guys something? Well, this this good. This or might be two years. I'm not sure. This is good for bloopers. Okay, I know you guys don't really watch college football or care or whatever, but college game day they do on campus every Saturday afternoon so like behind the guys doing the broadcasting are like students from the college going bananas and so this week the kid holds up a sign and vertically okay it says espn in very bold letters and Mm -hmm. horizontally it says penis 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 (laughs) with the espn (laughs) highlighted (laughs) It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <clears throat> On Monday Night Football recently, uh, the Cowboys were playing, and so naturally I was watching. And on the field goal shots uh, in the crowd behind the goalpost, there were ginormous uh, heads being held up, like big posters. One of them was Ron Burgundy. One of them was Stewie Griffin. And I can't remember the other one, but <laughs> every time they would kick a field goal, you could see Ron Burgundy in the crowd behind him. It was really funny. Nice. How clever is it that ESPN, to figure out that the letters in P <laughs> make up ESPN? Uh, I will show you. Anyway, there's your blooper segment, Jordan. ESPN 8. It writes itself. The Ocho. Oh, I'm sorry. It actually ends with vagina. <laughs> penis, 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 vagina. Yeah, open that picture and look at the sign to the guys, to the left of the guy's head. <laughs> that's brilliant that's funny I wonder how long it took him to realize what was going on and it's at South Carolina so you have Gamecocks everywhere <laughs> that'll probably be yeah. <clears throat> get it at Amazon and all those great prices uh, all those great prices <laughs> <clears throat> I can't remember anybody's name I don't know where anybody's been in any other movies. I know Don Mattingly's stats from 1985. I just, that's the way my brain is. See you next week for the premiere. That was a weird voice. See you next week for the premiere. How's that? Is that better? Um, It's different. All right, use those two for bloopers. <laughs>